Hi, I'm Darcy. And I'm Kelly. And thanks for joining us for And, and Another, Another Thing, Thing, where we talk about current events, pop culture, things we love, things we don't, all slathered in gobs of laughter, and all the feels. So grab a drink, sit down, and join us for And, and Another Thing with Darcy and, and Kelly, the podcast. Greetings, thingies. This is Darcy. And this is Kelly. Hello. Hello. Today's episode is entitled, What, what the, the Heckula, Temecula, and We're Fat in the Saddle Again. <laughs> okay, yeah. we have, as, as per usual, we have a lot to unpack today. Heavy show. Ah! No oh. pun intended. <laughs> that deserves a bell. Yes. Drink. Drink. And by the way, if you're new to us, you hear that bell, take a drink. That's what we're doing. Exactly. We do have a lot to unpack, and we're going to start with the reason that we said, what the heck, Hila Temecula? Temecula is a town in the L.A. area, L.A. County, and they have, um, actually, right? yeah, it's actually, it's closer to San Diego. It's off of... Oh, I didn't realize it was that far south. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's off of the 80, off of the 5. Is it more Orange County? No, I think... It is. It's it's either oh. it's South Orange County or it's North San Diego County, maybe. Even. Okay, that makes more sense to me. Then they had a board meeting, a school board meeting, district meeting about CRT being taught in schools. Critical race theory for those of you who are not hep with which the acronyms. Basically, be. means they're saying CRT, which is actually college courses only, but they're calling it CRT to try to avoid teaching actual African American history. In this country. So you're all caught up on that. And the Temecula, California school district decided to have a town hall about it. And would you like to go ahead with the first little bit of sure. nonsense so, that happened? Um, this man was not a parent at the school, nor does he have children in the he Temecula. He doesn't even live in Temecula. No, apparently. he lives in Lake Elsinore, which is not that far, mm -hmm. granted. But, and honestly, I didn't realize, again, like Temecula, I didn't know that Temecula was that conservative because it's a cute little town. It's got a great casino. It's, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's got wine tasting. It's like, anyway. So his name is, I'm not even going to say his gentleman's name because he is not mm -hmm. the fuck, no gentleman. sorry, a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Kinnison, who, by the way, was indicted for January 6th, is a white nationalist. He started screaming at an African-American kid. A child. Yeah, a child. Got in her face. Totes got in her face until somebody had to pull him away. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was yelling at this kid. Mm -hmm. And several people got all up in there, but we think... The person who Darcy's going to talk about in a second, I believe when I watched the footage that his name's Dion, I believe, we don't know for sure, I believe he was one of the people who pulled this guy away. But mm -hmm. this guy had no business being there except that he's just trying to cause problems. Cause and, trouble. Yep. Just to be a dick. And I'm sure he saw <laughs> in the local paper the, whatchamacallit, the... Temecula school board is going to talk about critical race theory. And he's like, oh, I've got to be there. And I'm right. going to find the, you know, an African-American kid to scream at. Poor little girl. You could see she, it, she, she was terrified. Just cowering. And with, but looking up at him, I got to give her that. She did. She, was she looking never him right lost in the her face, yep. But she was like, 
what's going to happen here. I just can't imagine that this kind of crap actually happens to African-American children and, well, and grown-ass African-Americans. Not unoften, for lack of a and better word that, or a real word. Isn't that terrifying? I and think about that. Like, how did they just... 23! I know! And to move through your life... Kind of knowing that at any point, especially right now with the climate going on right now, that at any moment somebody can get in your face and and you don't know if they're going to hurt you or not. You well, don't know if somebody's going to put their hands on you if they well, come at you with yelling. That's the whole point of, and we don't understand the experience, but driving while black, you don't know. Yeah. And we're we're going to talk about a, a situation about that in a little while, but yeah. I couldn't even imagine. And, and we talked about last week how anti-Semitic crimes have gone up you know, mm. tenfold, but nobody could tell me driving down the street that I'm Jewish. Right. It's right. not like somebody could pull me over because, you know, there's a Jew in a Hyundai. Right. Right. <sighs> anyway. So you, so the you, gentleman that we think pulled him away and sorry, we were not uh, sure about that. But. Well, people aren't, I mean, the, the media is not sure. The they not sure think either. it was, but okay. he's a fairly large, distinguished looking African-American. Very large guy. Very tall. And like at least oh over my six God, feet. smoking hot. <laughs> Daddy, hello. Big bear of a guy. Oh my and gosh. Got up and spoke during the town hall and, you know, in a specific amount of time he had to speak and gave a very eloquent speech. And it was beautiful. I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard uh, much of it. But then his time's up. He finishes his speech. He goes to sit down and some bitch white chick yells go to another country at which point this gentleman lost his gentlemanliness because he turned to her and said what the hell are you talking about my family has been in this country since 1619 when the first slave ship hit Jamestown. I have been in this country with my generation after generation against their against, against our their will, will for longer than your family has probably been here. Who are you talking about telling me to go to another country? Now, here's the thing. He like went off on her and I was like, you go, you go, you go. Yeah. But then Daddy. the freaking white people on the school board sitting up there like, sir, you need to sit down. Sir, you need to security, secure security. You know, we're going to take you out of here. At which point the townspeople were like, oh, hell no. And they all started yelling, take her out. Take oh, her good. out. Take oh, her my gosh. Out. I'm. Oh. Yep. And so eventually I believe both what of happened? them were removed. Oh. But at least she got removed. And I was really proud of those people saying, oh, heck no. No, 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 no. That man came here to give a speech which was non-inflammatory. It was actually very, he was very calm. He was collected. He's just stating facts. He's just stating, here's what you need to understand about what it's like to be black in this country and why it's so important to teach the children what the real history of it is. And da, da, da. we built this country, which they absolutely, literally, literally but- did with their hands. And we, our kids deserve to know about well, that. And the thing is, is, the people who are so against it, we're telling, CRT is the truth. Yeah. It's not propaganda. It's not, you know, and they're so worried. Oh my God, my child is going to find out, oh, what happened. Yeah. I just, the same people who are afraid of it are the cause of it. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it more eloquently, yeah. but. You know, not them, but they're just, I mean, I'm sure they're descended. Yeah. Yeah. 
here's the, the difference for me is that just because I, as a almost 53 year old woman in the United States of America who has white skin can acknowledge that white people in this country from the day it was born treated indigenous people and people of color horribly does not make me a racist, but right. I need to. And I think that's a, a huge thing for a lot of white people our age and older is that for them to admit, oh my gosh, our ancestors did bad makes them feel like, I have to now I have to admit that I'm racist, even though I've never done anything mean to a black right. person in my life. It doesn't make you racist, you know, and I'm sure there are black people out there who would go no, every white person's racist. There, there are people are. who think that there are, you know, and, and, and I can't necessarily blame them nope. because there are things that we just never think about microaggressions. Yeah. I mean, God bless my my work. We had to do like a whole a whole course on microaggressions mm. and and it wasn't so racial to me, but I thought about things that I do. And even like looking at when I hire somebody, I look at their resume and if they have like experience, like I always do, if somebody's worked at a coffee shop, I will mm -hmm. always call them in for an interview because they can handle rude people in the morning. Oh. But that's a microaggression because what if people, you know, work at something else and they can't. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we all have, I don't know that's a stupid example, but there are all things that we automatically do mm -hmm. that we don't even think about yeah. and it's it's woven into the fabric of our society and we don't necessarily even know it's there it's like the first time i explained to my dad i was trying to explain to him dad you're not racist just by admitting you have white privilege and the way I may helped him to understand that's, and that's that, a huge thing yeah. especially for white men I'm sorry uh, no you're right I white think. cisgendered men are There's so much they don't have to think about and this is how I explained it to him that he could understand it better was that I said dad okay let me ask you this I said when you walk to your car at night are you afraid that you're going to get accosted and he's like, well, somebody might hold me up. I said, are you afraid you're going to get raped on the way to your car? Right. Or do you hold your keys you out know, in your right? fingers? All that kind of yeah. stuff. And he goes like, well, no. And I said, because your daughters do. We have to think about that. I said, that is your male privilege. Yeah. I said, it doesn't make you a sexist. That's just the privilege you have that you know that nine times out of 10, nine, 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 nine point nine times out of 10, you're going to get to your car safely. Well, and the other you thing know? is, and another thing... <laughs> um, if he drives and makes, I don't know, like a U-turn and a non-U-turn thing, mm -hmm. is he afraid that he's going to be pulled over by the police and asked to get out? And, right. you know, maybe they would, probably not in Florida, if they saw a white man make a U-turn, mm -hmm. especially an older white man. Right. The police are like, well, you got more things to do than pull right. over a white dude, uh, an older white dude. And, and yeah. I've had conversations with family members about this, male cisgendered white family members about this. And they're like, oh, that white, and I'm, and I very calmly said these same things. Mm -hmm. Like, if you do this, do you feel like this? If you go mm -hmm. in for, I think we talked about a couple weeks ago, a couple who was getting their house assessed. Okay. Did we talk about it or? I don't remember. So there was a black couple <laughs> who was but my trying to get their house assessed to, for resale. Mm -hmm. And they did and they got really lowballed. And the house mm. was worth a lot. So the realtor said, have a white couple pretend it's their house, take all pictures of your family off, 
Mm. And it was reassessed at like two or three hundred thousand dollars higher. Oh my god. Wow. So again, that's white privilege. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I, I put it in the, in, I brought up gender because I wanted to take it away from race because I, and not that I think my dad would, but I know some no, white I, men I totally would say, get... well, if he did an illegal U-turn, then he broke the law and he should have been pulled over. Right. You know, they, they can justify that. Right. Whether he's black or not. Right. You know what I mean? So I was like, I want to get it away from race altogether so he can try to understand yeah. in a totally different way. No, you're, you're, and I you're, think it helped him out, you good. know? And yeah. my, let me make it very clear, just in case you're listening, Dad, or Linda, my stepmom, my father is not a racist. <laughs> he is not a sexist. 100%, 100% yeah. not. But he is a different generation. And, and I think for that generation, it's helpful to try to explain it to them in ways that they can understand because they can generally, if you, if you just make somebody understand something, they start to think differently. Well, and I and was luck- I I was able to do that with my mom a lot. So yeah, that was that's um, awesome. Your mom was pretty open minded, though. I would she say. was she was for a Republican. So yeah, oh, exactly. did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Temecula, do today. better, do better. I love it. It's a cute little town. We were talking about. We still owe you a birthday oh. there. That's what we're gonna do and take her for a birthday. I really want that. Go I gambling. Know. Yep. For my birthday. They have a great casino and they have great vineyards. Yeah. It's a cute little town. I hate for the fact that it's now marred. Okay, our producer again, once again is getting all up <laughs> in my grill. So if you have heard about this, please weigh in. Let mm-hmm. us know. On the subject of race, though, and again. Being, and, oh. being incarcerated while black. Yes. So this has hit national news. So if unless you're under a rock, you probably have heard of this, that a gentleman named Ivo Otieno, this is in Virginia in Henry County. Did I write that right? It's not Henry County. It's something else. I wrote that down wrong with an H and Rico County or something like that. So this gentleman, the first video that appeared this week was him being smothered to death at a mental hospital he had He's, been arrested and well, I'm going to get to those de- the oh. why he was arrested because okay. I was like why was he even in jail in the first place? So uh, first of all, it's important to understand he was not in prison. No, he, he was, was in the men- county jail originally and I'll we'll go back and, and okay. say why. But he was being transported from the jail to the Central State Hospital, which is a psychiatric facility, and he was restrained by a, at least 10 people. But he had handcuffs and leg shackles on at yeah. the time. And he was shirtless. Yes. And, and it's what important to know he had leg shackles. Yes, leg shackles. And so they're trying to, quote, restrain him and attempted to do that for 20 minutes. And they basically piled on top of him and smothered him smothered to death. Smothered him to death. Asphyxiated him. Since then, seven de- sheriff's deputies and three hospital workers have been charged with second degree murder. Yep. Now here's I went and dug into the timeline. Oh, I'm good. Because you, I have I'm glad so you many did. questions. Yeah. Let's start with though why he was originally in in jail because I know people are going to be like, well, he's a criminal. He was probably causing trouble. And he just probably deserved. And as we have talked about on this show many times. Because you're a criminal, yes, you're a criminal, you do not deserve to be murdered in the street. There's a reason there's a a judicial system in place. You're still a human being, even if you're a freaking psychopath. A right to fair trial. You have a right to be treated appropriately, being transported from one facility to another, you know, when you're not purposefully causing trouble, you know. I'm going to state again, he was handcuffed 
and leg shackles. And leg shackles. He was not running anywhere. Right. And he was smothered to death by 10 people. Right. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> Ivo Otieno was originally arrested on March 3rd by Enrico County Police. Yes, it's Enrico. H-E-N-R-I-C-O County Police who were responding to a possible burglary. The officers were accompanied by a crisis intervention team. So good on you, Virginia, for having yeah. that. Was there? Who I'm assuming. I'm what? sorry. Go ahead. Was there indication that he may have had mental issues at this point? I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. So here's the thing: is that they ended up it. placing him under emergency custody order, mm -hmm. and then transported to a hospital. So this tells me he wasn't arrested, but that something may have been going on because they brought him to the hospital, where. He assaulted three officers who instead, now, again, I have no facts. I'm sure all of this will come out in trial. But my assumptions I'm making is that he was in mental distress when the officers in crisis intervention team got there. Okay, or they wouldn't have sent a crisis team. Because he grew up or they yeah. wouldn't have sent a crisis team. And apparently he has had mental health issues that they haven't. I haven't didn't find anything as far as a what he was diagnosed with, but mm -hmm. mental health issues since he was in his last year of high school, which to me can indicate likely schizophrenia. Yeah. Okay. Which because is, that that's manifests the time. in the and late that's teens, the time. early twenties. Yep. I Ivo was twenty eight years old when this incident happened this past week or so. Yeah, March sixth. Um, so yeah. the officers and crisis team show up at a burglary, possible burglary. They take him into custody, take him directly to a hospital where he assaults three officers. Now, if he is in a schizophrenic manic state, that is entirely possible because they do lash out when they're in that manic state. And especially touched. Yeah. And especially especially when touched. touched. I have maybe have had an ex-boyfriend who may he mm. rest in peace who that happened to. Oh, wow. Um, so here's what gets me. If he's in mental distress instead of admitting him to the hospital getting him sedated calmed down stabilized and then taking him to jail to book him for assaulting the officers because that is a crime they just took him directly to the jail three days later is when they take him to take him back to the mental facility this central state hospital and we don't know what happened in those three days was we don't here. but i'm thinking he's probably degrading further mentally of course because he doesn't have meds for sure right for sure in a jail he's not getting the medication and probably he not sleep if he's on medication at and all. i'm sure not good sleep and i'm sure not good nutrition exactly and then what happens is a second video had come out showing nine guards seven of whom rush into his cell you can see one of them punching him at least twice <gasps> i didn't see this part this just came out like yesterday or so punching him twice Holy crap then they take him then comes the video that originally aired this week in the news and he gets there they take him and he gets there at 4 p.m now here's the timeline there's nothing on camera between the time he arrives at the hospital. And here's the thing, too. They drag him out of his jail cell. They throw him into a police vehicle, not an ambulance. This is all my speculation. Let me make that very clear. My speculation is 
He's originally in mental distress when he's originally arrested and thrown in the jail cell. He's probably degrading for three days. He's probably getting more manic. They probably decide we need to take him to the hospital. They rush into his cell because he's probably maybe hurting himself, flailing. Right, or climbing up the walls or whatever. You know, doing what they need to do to carefully, because police officers are not trained to deal with mentally ill people. They, you know, decide to beat the crap out of him. To calm him down. Yeah, to calm him down or try to, you know, get him in submission. And then they throw him into a police vehicle, not an ambulance, where he could be getting some care on the way to the hospital. Or a sedative. He gets to the hospital. And then there's a 20-minute gap of time between 4 p.m. and 4.19 where there is nothing on camera until at 4.19 we see the video where he's dragged into the room. Yep. And then between then and 4.39, he's smothered to death. Yeah. And these guys are big guys. And again, we've talked about this, which I don't understand. Most of them were African-American. Yeah. That's... I have thoughts on that in a second. So then at 439, they take his pulse because he's limp and unresponsive at that time. You think? Then they get, then he's given two injections. My question is, if he is unruly when he gets there, why wasn't he injected with a sedative immediately? Immediately. Immediately. So what are they injecting him with after he's unresponsive and not moving? What is that? Then at 4.42, they begin CPR. They try life-saving efforts for about an hour. And then at 5.48, they drape a sheet over him because he's for sure dead. But how, oh, you're going to get to it. I know you're going to get to it. How long it took for them to call 911. Well, here's the thing. That's another thing. The hospital staff and another thing called for EMS. So here's, here's another thing and another thing. For some crazy reason at the psychiatric hospital, they don't have apparently any emergency health care staff employed because they called 911 to request EMS because they thought the guy was having a heart attack. So somewhere between he when that 20 minutes they on don't on have a camera, defibrillator or somebody who could apparently what? not because they had to call 911 and 40 minutes later, EMS still hasn't arrived, still hasn't arrived. So my guess is between that 4 p.m. and 4.19 is when they made their first calls to 911 because they must not have had the resources they needed to help. But they had injections of something which they did not apply. So like literally I'm looking at this and I am no lawyer and I wasn't there. Yeah. But what this looks like to me is like failure on every single level from the time he was arrested from from the the time he was was arrested arrested. on march 3rd and i don't know if any of y'all have seen his mother speaking out but it's just heartbreaking totally because here's the thing he wasn't a troublemaking kid he didn't have like a a juvenile rap sheet or anything No, he was mentally ill he was mentally ill and he wanted to be a hip-hop artist i'm really interested to know about the the details of the supposed robbery to me Mm -hmm. it sounds like maybe he was in somebody's house you know like you hear people who are like go in there and they're eating out of the fridge Mm -hmm. or like sleeping on the i don't know i had some again we're speculating i had a gentleman several summers ago i have a sliding glass door in my bedroom i had it unlocked and cracked a little bit because it was a beautiful spring day and then i see this guy trying to walk in and he's, you know, about six foot tall, African-American or whatever. How and did I know not, not know 
about this? I don't know because I told everybody because it became a whole thing. I ended up having to go to court oh, three course. different yes, times. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember. And the thing was, the young man was schizophrenic. Yeah. And he was living with a single mother who worked every day, and she didn't have the resources. And she, he to, was hungry, he right? He just didn't realize it was yeah. in his house. He didn't know where he was. Oh. And this is not the first time this has happened to this young man. And I had to go to court three times. The first time, he never showed up because they couldn't get him. He was so overly drugged that they couldn't wake him up to get him to court. The second time, they managed to get him to court, but he was just, his head, he just barely could hold his own head Like up. nodding like a heroin addict. Yeah. yeah the third time, they finally so got him in there. But every single time I went in there, I was like, I, I realized, I was like, this man is not, this is a mental health situation. This is not a criminal situation. And so I actually made every effort I could to, to talk to his lawyer, to talk to their, the prosecution. I talked to his mother, which I don't think I probably should have done, right. but I wanted her to know. I said, I understand that this was a mistake, that he wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I said, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that right. the law enforcement understands that I don't want charges pressed, that I want him to go to a hospital and not to jail. And get the help he needs. You know, this is rampant. I know. And a young man is dead because of this, that we put people in jail but instead of many, mental facilities. That how many it. shows have we done where a young man is dead? I'm sick of it. I am too. So many. And, and, so and many. a young black man. That's the thing. You know, they're just not... And we talked about it a few weeks ago that, like I said, the majority of the officers were black also. Yeah. And then I was watching something the last time we were talking about this. And forgive me, I, I don't. You know what? It's sad. I don't remember the last time we were talking about this, but it was somebody who died in police custody. And there was an a African studies professor from U USC. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I work at the other school across town um, who was saying people think that's that's unique, but it's not. Mm. You know, there were the even for like the not the KKK necessarily, but there were black men who would catch runaway slaves. Oh, absolutely. that is what they did. You know, the movie that Will Smith was just in called Emancipation. Yeah. There is a a guy on the law enforcement who is helping to catch slaves. And in his situation, that was how he, what he had to do to survive himself. Right. You know, he knew that he had to right. go to his grave with in, incredible amounts of guilt. Yeah. You know, I think um, a lot of these uh, African-Americans that go into law enforcement hope to change things from the inside. You know, at least now, I know that a lot of them are trying to be like, uh, I'll be there to, to be able to watch and to be able to help pr really truly protect. But Gosh, I hope so. But I just... If they've been there a long time, they're part of the good old boy network at that part. Uh, at and that point. I just... It, it's just... It's just so hard for me to understand. But, uh, oh my gosh, to oh Ivo's family. Yeah, this should not have happened. And I just think too, you know, <sighs> prison inmates, when, when you type psychological evaluations between psychiatrists for a and long time. prison inmates, actual murderers for a long time, and you realize that these are men who, for the most part, have had no chance in life. Everybody, every adult in their lives failed them the entirety of their lives. And then you put on top of it that they are people of color. It's like, it really changed my outlook on how we should be treating criminals. They're still human beings. They are still, and I'm getting, sorry, choked up about it because... They are still little boys inside. 
well, that never, never were nurtured. Well, and the penal system was at some point, not at the beginning, at some point was supposed to be re rehabilitated. Mm -hmm. And it no longer is. We yes, need. you can learn. Yes. Yeah. And some and some facilities are great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I watch a lot of documentaries on it. I don't know mm -hmm. why I'm so interested in this. Mm -hmm. And you watch some where they send yoga instructors and stuff or meditation. Yeah. And the amount of violence in the prison goes down like 90 percent yeah. or yeah. the prisoners who take care of dogs. Yeah. I mean, in like high, high mm -hmm. maximum security prisons mm -hmm. and they train a dog from puppy to older. Yeah. It's become a moneymaker, yeah. which the penal the system, that's a whole other... Oh, we have an empty bed. We better fill it. That's a Are whole you... other show yeah. about the monetization of prison. And it's, it is the new some, slavery. It, it is the it, new slavery. And it's not rehabilitative. And it's not... Mm. It's just a place to house... Again, it's another show, but I can't even believe how many people are still in prison for weed charges now that oh weed is, is right? legalized. I mean, I'm getting way off track, but... Yeah. Uh, we have a whole other topic to Oh, to my God. Into. And it's a big topic. Yeah. So take and a drink and sit back. This might be an extra long show, guys. Um, maybe maybe listen to it in parts. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway. you, you give uh, how we got into this. Okay. So my side hustle, my main uh, bread and butter is teaching people how to sing. And, and uh, she's glorious. <laughs> but uh, my side hustle, which hopefully will end by the end of this year, that's the goal as I expand the voice studio, is transcription. I type really fast and I transcribe things for people. And one of those is for ABC News. So I was transcribing GMA3 this week, which is the third hour of Good Morning America that's stuck in the afternoon. And uh, Dr. Jennifer Ashton, who normally I really trust. Yeah. And she's wonderful, but she's also gone back to school to get her degree in nutrition. And she's apparently a, quote, obesity expert now, even though she's an OBGYN. That's actually her specialty. But she decided to go back to school and get whatever credentials in nutrition and become a quote obesity expert whatever that is i, I don't know about you i'm an obesity right? expert <laughs> i have been going, my whole life i will take her salary thank you very much i just want to share with you the little tiny segment it's just a minute long and here is the audio from that segment Dr. Jen, you're tracking a medical headline. This one is really pretty alarming. Uh, the World Obesity Federation estimates more than half the world's population is to projected to be overweight or obese by 2035. Yeah. That's not that far from now. It's not that far. It's not a good report card. We talk a lot about overweight and obesity here in the U.S., but it is a worldwide problem. Take a look at these numbers. I think you'll find them just as concerning. 2020, there are about two and a half billion people worldwide. That's 38% of the population who were either overweight or obese. By 2035, there will be over four billion people. That's over half the global population projected to be overweight or obese. The steepest increase we expect to see, sadly, in youths ages 5 through 19, 
boys. That rate expected to double from 10% to 20% for girls, 8 to 18%. The cost here, you guys, is not just physical, it's not just psychological, it's not just medical, it's financial as well, estimated to cost $4 trillion with a T per year. Um, and when you talk about costs of chronic illness and disease, this is up there. Alarming to say the least. Doctor, thank you very much. <laughs> what bothers me about that, I think more than more than the statistics, is her tone of voice. I agree. And how it's and so all alarming. Of and all of them. I know. It's so alarming. My feeling is, well, if half the world is going to be, quote, obese by 2035, then they better start making airplanes to fit us and booths to fit us and chairs to fit us and blah, blah, blah. Because if that's the way we're going then they better start fucking accommodating the fat people of the world, okay? Second, who determines what is, quote, obesity from country to country, if we're talking about the whole world? Absolutely, and, and a world obesity Federation. Federation. Yeah. Oh, I wrote down That's organization. Okay. I double-checked because I thought it was organization. Yeah, World Obesity Federation. Who's on that board? Who are those people? Are they even healthcare providers? I didn't get a chance yeah, to dive we into need to, that. Yeah, we need to delve into that because, oh my gosh, I can't, I, I, <laughs> okay, people, we just talked about mental health, and, and I know there are probably World Federation mental health boards, but. But I feel like they're on the side of the people with mental health. Yes! I feel like the World Obesity <laughs> Federation is anti-fat people. That is such a good distinction. You know? Are there and, people on this board who are fat, first of all, mm -hmm. and are probably, <laughs> because they're, they're probably freaking hypocrites, is what I'm thinking. You know, there's probably, because, you know, you meet a fat doctor and they'll tell you to lose weight just as fast as a skinny doctor will. You know, they'll prescribe weight loss just as fast. Well, I have to tell you, and this is going to go off, off topic for a minute. But I have a wound care doctor whom I love, and that's another show that I'm in wound care therapy. But he's a chunky, not, you know, but my type, adorable, <laughs> married. She keeps ah. saying my type because I'm, I'm the Jason Momoa girl. Yeah, no, I, I like meat on she my bones. She likes a guy with a little meat on his bones, yes. that's for sure. But my first appointment with him, I had told him I had lost some weight, and he said, well, I hope not from anything you're doing drastically, he mm. said, because when you have wound care, he said, now is not the time to be restrictive of calories. Mm -hmm. Now is not the time to be on any crazy diet. You need to eat calories. You, you need, need to calories, eat protein. Calories, nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. I Which, love that he said that to you. That made me really happy in my heart because, you know. <sighs> and he said, the last thing you need to do is to be on some crazy diet right now. And he said, please don't. And he said that every appointment. That's amazing. Um, Thank God. I know. If because more that's doctors... not the case. And, and their chairs are wide. Oh, wow. And their chairs in the lobby are wide. That's awesome. And even my, all right, I'm laying it all bare. Uh, infectious disease doctor that I had to go to, too. <laughs> Because evidently I'm infectious. Um, <laughs> Your personality is infectious. I know. Your laughter is infectious. They <laughs> had the best chairs and said, why cannot every doctor's right. office be like this? Right. And there is a point to this because we're going to get into it. So I'm not so far off.
I have a couple doctor's offices, mainly my podiatrist, which I go for when my feet are so sore I can't stand. Mm -hmm. I cannot fit into the chairs. I have to stand up until they call me. On your feet? On at the podiatrist's my office. feet at the podiatrist's office because their chairs irony? are so is small. Is that irony or is that something else? <laughs> I think it's called fucking bullshit, but that's okay. <laughs> that's just me. Okay, moving right. on. I went on a tangent, but I have some... You keep going. You go, girl, but I have some facts yeah. and figures. I Just really quickly, the one thing that, that I did feel like that we could discuss in that GMA3 segment was when Dr. Jen talks about the, sh- the steepest increase in weight gain, I guess, is between youths ages 5 to 19. For boys, it will double from 10% Video in games. 2020 mm, to 20%. And then for girls, it'll rise less from 8% to 18 Because I'm like, because, you know, the girls are going to fucking starve themselves. That's right. what's going to happen. They're going to read yeah, magazines. Our and- kids are sedentary and they're eating chicken nuggets all the time. And my feeling is, yeah, we've got to fix that. Because I feel like if you're born with naturally, you know, from you come from stocky folk, which I do, then you can you do you have, you know, a long time of, you know, peasants had to run from the Cossacks. (laughs) Like, oh, my God, don't lose weight, because then you can't run for the from the Cossacks that are trying (laughs) to kill you. But yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think that my we have some big people in my line, but I don't think as a general rule, we were a big people. But some people have that, and that's how they're born, and they're, it's written in their DNA. You I've shown you a picture of my them. great-grandmother. Yes. And uh, I'll post it on... Beautiful, juicy lady. <laughs> I never knew who I looked like. And she, anyway, she ate fresh food. She ate, mm-hmm. you know, she walked every day. My mom said she swam in the ocean every morning. Anyway, oh, wow. blah, blah, blah. Go yeah. ahead. And some people are just built bigger, so we need to not force them to have the body they're not supposed to have. But my feeling is... That's a smaller percent of the population that is born that way. Okay. Granted. But if you've got a fat kid, you do need to look at, we should be looking at what they're eating and how much activity they're getting because they don't make the choices their parents do or the schools do. Schools are feeding our kids nothing but processed carbs and garbage all the time that's what they get so are you saying that at some point we can make our uh, and i agree with you at Mm -hmm. some point i can make the decision what i put in my pie hole and if i know it's not good i'm Mm -hmm. making the decision yeah but we need i do think we need more education and but then there's see it's such a uh, such a freaking cluster that's what i was gonna say because if you fat shame kids then they're gonna eat more right but also, they might come from a low-income family with a single mother who doesn't have time to, A, shop in the places where she can get fresh food. She doesn't have the money to buy fresh food because fresh food is really expensive right now. And she's just trying to make sure her kid has food in its Right, belly and period. Wick pays for, I mean, like, yeah. tortillas and cheese. And, and some people live in what are called food deserts. They yes. don't have access to Especially, fresh food. Especially um, for those of you who aren't in... In Los Angeles or California, there are places in Los Angeles County who they literally do not have a grocery store. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's insanity. So there's so much, it's not just, you can't put all the blame on the parents for what, well, you're letting your kid eat that. And a lot of people are pissed off about food stamps being accepted at fast food restaurants. But it's like, sometimes you just got to make sure there's food on the table and you got to be able to afford it. My thing is not even so much the food. I mean, granted, I mean, we, when I grew up, we, we always had a salad. We always had a vegetable and our main dish. Always a vegetable. Every salad, every time. And my mother and, and my grandmother hated vegetables, but my grandmother always made sure that, Mm. guess what? My mom and her three sisters were all heavy and they walked Mm. they walked to the streetcar they walked to school whatever Mm. my siblings and i although my sister's thin and my brothers are thinner we always had vegetables we always and we love vegetables all of us Mm. so So you make it right they're delicious right (laughs) you Um, just gotta learn to cook a little bit you know so but i believe it's the it's gotten easier for kids, I mean, for parents to sit their kid in front of the TV mm-hmm. or let them play video games mm-hmm. or whatever. That's my thing. Like, you know, we always say this, like Gen X kids, like when I got home from school, I would change my clothes. And usually I did my homework in, in class before I got home. But if I had homework, I'd do my homework. And then I was out riding my bike or playing mm-hmm. and I was still fat. Guess what? I would ride my bike miles and miles and miles and run with my friends and do Mm -hmm. stuff. And I was still fat. I've always been a fat kid or adult. But we wouldn't come home until it was dark. That was my, my, yeah, my routine too. Is you come home, you had to do your homework and then you could go play. And we were outside all the time. We lived in a rural area. We had a creek and a big we had a creek too yep tree you know forest and you know we were just all over the place it's you know and we were active and so i do think food is the lesser of it it's it's i agree too i think it's it's and i feel like if there's well i don't want to say blame because we don't have kids Mm -hmm. and i really don't want to say this but but fuck it i'm gonna say it anyway there are parents that it's much easier for them to know. I know where my kid is if he's in his room playing Xbox. I know where mm-hmm. my daughter is if she's watching TV or whatever. Again, we are not parents and I'm, it's not the but same. But I'm a retired nanny. Yes. I have cared for many children since I was eight years old. I watched my siblings when I was by myself from the time I was eight years old. And when I was working as a nanny, and in between jobs and I was, uh, you know, using the websites for things like that. Right. I would put in my thing, I will not feed your children chicken nuggets. Yeah. Do not hire me. And mac and cheese. You know, I'm, yeah. like, I'm just not going to do it. You want to feed them that crap when I'm not there, go right ahead. But I demand you put fresh food in the house for me to give to the kids. Yeah. And then I will make sure they, they stay active and things like that, too. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm not going to be responsible for that and i also but some kids are just really freaking picky like my niece oh i don't know if she ever eats a vegetable she just hates them yeah <laughs> you know and some kids just well don't i have like them. um a second cousin or your cousin's child his first cousin once removed i don't know but he's literally he's an adult he's probably close to 25 or 30 mm-hmm. and he only eats pizza and chicken nuggets and french fries i don't and he drinks like insure whatever like for uh-huh. minerals but yeah that was a friend of mine when she, when her firstborn was you know but he just 
literally would only eat chicken nuggets and apples. And I said to her, I said, why'd you give him chicken nuggets at all? She's like, because he wouldn't eat anything. I had to make him eat something. Yeah. And so that's, that's I the same thing with my too. cousin. Oh, he'll eat you know? pizza too. Anyway, oh, I do have some facts and figures. Okay, I know we're it. running long. Yeah, we are. But go ahead. But it's not just fat women. It's women. But Okay. 33% of women are more likely to be misdiagnosed when mm. they go to the hospital. And 25% are not offered pain meds. Men are offered pain meds 25% more often because especially <laughs> especially when it's abdominal pain because ER doctors just say oh it's a woman thing oh my god women issues I put it I even wrote it in quotations wow um, women who are sharing are showing signs of a heart attack wait 29% longer in the ER than men who are showing signs of a heart attack here's a little note you guys you go to the ER for something like that, you tell them you can't breathe and they'll get you back yep. there immediately. Um, they There's take men way more seriously. Wow. 53% of heavy women said they heard inappropriate comments from about their weight from a doctor or a nurse. 53%. Wow. Right in the office. Wow. I, I know I've shared this on here, but I have had my share when they think I can't hear them and they go like... I had one time where they went behind like a little curtain and mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you're not Harry Potter. This is not <laughs> right. the, it's not an invisibility right. cloak. <laughs> wow. 52% of women say that their weight has been a barrier to receiving proper health care, that they just won't treat them. Yeah. And how many times I can't even count on my mm -hmm. hands, how many times I've my gone. My dear like, friend just passed away in December because she went to her doctor for a, over a year complaining about pain in her side. They kept prescribing weight loss. Yep. Turns out it was a form of cancer that once they finally found it, it killed her in a month. Yep. I absolutely never should have happened. When I was researching for this show, I read so many stories of husbands saying, finally, 49% of healthcare professionals admit to having a bias against overweight patients mm. and they'd rather not treat them. So when we talk about you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. I mean, Darcy went through her gallbladder. I just went through my hip replacement. And I think a lot of heavy people, no, I'm not even going to say women, we just don't go because we don't want to mm -hmm. hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear, I don't want to go for strep throat and have a doctor say, which I did have, by the way. <laughs> You'll feel better if you lose a couple I'm not going to, I, I don't know why I'm giving you antibiotics for this if you're just going to die because you're so fat. I literally had a doctor oh tell me Lord. that. Oh, my Lord. Let me tell you something, people, and then we're going to move on to something nice. Yes, we do um, have something nice. I just had a bunch of blood work done, and all my numbers are pretty much normal. Me too. Boom. I was just at the doctor, infectious disease doctor, <laughs> um, which I hate to admit because I'm infectious. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'm not going to do blood work because I'm looking at your blood work from a month ago and it's pretty much perfect. Mm -hmm. Pretty much yep. perfect. My sugar's a little bit high, but that's not surprising because I've had a hard time getting back on my nutrient wagon since Christmas. But... I'm like everything else. My cholesterol's fine. My liver, that cracks me, too. Up. me Me my too. Liver my liver is fine. Too. He said your liver's <laughs> perfect. 
what's your kidney function? So I'm like, all right. Like, Dude, I have a show where I day drink once a week. How is this even possible? But that's this show, in case you're wondering. But anyway, it, you can't make assumptions. And can we just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's talk about something nice before my head pops off. <laughs> we are going to do. We haven't done this in a while. I'm excited. In so long. Things we love. Probably, things we love episode. Probably new listeners segment. don't even know that we used to close every show with something we love. Yeah, when we were doing the web series because we could show you the stuff. We will put pictures on our Facebook page. But do you want me to start or do you want to start? I'll start. Okay. Things um, we love. We're going to go fast. And I'm actually picking it up because I brought it in my room because I thought you guys in the studio because I thought you guys <laughs> needed to see it and nobody could see it. Okay. This is from the the Walmart. And the if Walmarts. any of you are like, I'm not going to buy from Walmart because they have, um, you know, they bad labor. Their employees shitty. Well, then don't buy from, then don't buy from Amazon either. So right. if you're going to be that way. Mm-hmm. It is a Quake Beauty, and mm-hmm. these are nighttime soothing makeup remover towelettes. <sighs> and they are lavender ones. infused, and oh my gosh, they are, I don't, even if I don't have makeup on, I do it at night before I go to bed, before I put my moisturizer on, and they are so. Makes you feel good. Oh my gosh, and they just calm my face down because I have rosacea, mm. and I'm off my rosacea antibiotics because I'm on two others. So they said mm. you have to go off. So I now my face is like a red, like a red ball of red. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they remove waterproof mascara, which is hard to get, and I always wear mm. waterproof. I think you yeah, do too. Pretty much. I do a Because when you get to a certain age, your eyes water all the time. All the time. And it's yep. because, ironically, because you have dry eye. You have dry eye, yes. So they water, water, water. Anyway, they're a Quake Beauty nighttime soothing makeup remover towelettes. And they're like, I don't know, $3.49 for $40. Mm-hmm. And they smell delicious and they just calm your face down so before sen- you I go to bed. I want to try them, but I'm sensitive to scents, to fragrances yeah. on my skin. Yeah. So I don't know if I can, but although I've used their other Equate uh, towelettes and I really like them. Yeah. I use those for the, the morning. Yeah, I, always, I like. I use the yeah. regular ones in the morning and anyway, big fan. Lovely. Um, my facial routine in the morning at night is such, that is such self-care for me. It makes me feel, ref- you just, re- just awake and refreshed and ready and good. And that's why you're skin looks amazing all the time well i've that's the one thing i've actually really paid attention to my whole life (laughs) we talked about that too you know how whatever you could afford is it's the continuity yeah as long as you do it all the time and you clean cleanse and and moisturize anyway cleanse and moisturize ladies cleanse and and gentlemen who do drag I'm talking to you, Brandon. Shout out to you, honey. Oh, and cleanse even, and moisturize. even gentlemen who don't do drag. Gentlemen need moisturizers yes, for sure. And, and I don't, need to don't see the miss your under your chin Throat, and neck. your um your décolleté. Yes. Men too. That's your chest. Yes. Do not miss that. You need to moisturize yeah, and cleanse moisturize that. that neck for sure. Because that's going to be. We've all seen the ladies with the facelift, but they still have their old ass turkey neck, and it's like it gives away. Anyway, I'm getting blah, blah, blah. T- I'm getting horrible turkey neck. Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, so my thing is if you've never used dry shampoo she's holding it up in her hand like she's doing a commercial (laughs) it's amazing if you've never used dry shampoo as a styling tool i'm here to talk specifically to my fine haired friends and her hair looks amazing every time she comes over here is incredible so i used a, a, a brand that i really liked but 
This happens to me a lot. When I find something I really love, the next time I go to replenish it, when I run out, it's out of whatever. They stop making it. So I had to get a new brand, and this stuff is amazing. It's by a brand called Maine Club, M-A-N-E, like horse's mane, your hair, mane. And it's called Going Viral. And it literally says on the can, warning, will cause hair to break the internet. Nice. <laughs> now, here's what I love about it. It sprays on clear. <laughs> She's totally doing a commercial. This is making me laugh. <laughs> I am. She's holding it up doing and the commercial straight for in the can. <laughs> it sprays on clear instead of looking like you walked into something dusty. Or you're a kid doing a high school musical right? and you're playing an old person. <laughs> yes. I used dry shampoo this morning and I'm like, oh, streets and tips. Yeah. I look like an and old person. And that's the thing about dry shampoo is like you have to understand that when you, and I didn't know this when I first started using it, on the recommendation of a hairstylist who was like, I like mousse and dry shampoo better than hairspray for getting a style and holding it. It still yeah. gives it movement, but it holds the style. And I was like, what the heck? So I've been messing around trying to figure this out because I am no hairstylist. And her hair looks amazing. But this, I figured out, you don't use dry shampoo like hairspray. You don't spray it on and leave it there. You actually have to style with it. Right. Once you figure that out, this stuff dries, you know, sprays on clear and then it gave me so much volume I've i got couldn't to even try believe that. it oh my gosh because i use this when my hair is clean as the styling tool and then it helps when you know a few days later it you still don't look super dirty like my hair right now today if you could see it this is day six without washing it and it looks <laughs> and it's freaking amazing starting to look a little gnarly and i no, wash it tomorrow not. but it's it still not and mine's, mine's only a couple and it looks greasy yeah. it, but it doesn't though it no because i use dry shampoo yeah. too but mine dry goes on like i said mm -hmm. white like streaks and tips yeah but you have to rub it in and brush it yeah. in and yeah but, but i'm just clear. saying especially for my fine haired friends start using some dry shampoo and i highly recommend and floof it club and going viral there you go and you're welcome there you go <laughs> um and i'll put, we'll put pictures of our stuff on the website. Oh, and they're the both Facebook. purple, so they go well purple. together. Panurple. Yeah. Um, thank you. I think this was a really long show, and it's I a really appreciate long show. you all. This is gonna be fun to there. edit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in the meantime, thingies, stay safe, stay sane, and healthy and healthy. <laughs> Whatever safe is, do that. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Bye. You've been listening to and another thing with Darcy and Kelly. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend or leave a review on the platform you're listening at. You can follow us online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Another Thing TV. Thanks, Thanks for, for your, your support. support.